by in a little bit. Uh, doing a special version of Cover 4 Live here in immediate reaction to some news that broke just a couple of moments ago. It is now official that Georgia's hiring Brian McClendon as its next wide receivers coach. There had been some chatter related to this over the course of the uh, last few days, a couple of weeks, I guess. Time kind of, frankly, kind of runs together uh, here after a while. But McClendon is in the fold. Connor's got a great story up at dognation.com, kind of telling you a little bit more about who McClendon is for those who need a reminder and kind of what this means for Georgia on the heels of Cortez Hankton leaving to go to LSU. That's a home state for him, back to Louisiana. And now Georgia turning to one of its own uh, home folks as well as Brian McClendon takes over this job. Obviously, I, I guess the first thing to say here, Connor, is is I really haven't read a lot. Of, we're going to see comments strolling in here in a moment. I really haven't mm-hmm. followed social media on this too much. haven't seen comments. The story there at dognation.com. But if I had to predict, my guess is that Georgia fans are going to have a very large and very positive response to McClendon's hire here. Not to say that you wouldn't have been excited about a Terrence Edwards or a Hines Ward, somebody like that, but given credentials, given everything that's going on here, the need at wide receiver, I think for the most part, Brian McClendon is going to be treated as a conquering hero coming back to UGA. Yeah, I, I, from the earlier reaction to this, I think this is seen as as a universal win, and I don't want to say it's a home run. You know, I, I don't know if Brian McClendon is going to become the next Brian Hartline, but he's a guy that is able to recruit very well, specifically in the state of Georgia. He has a lot of ties to the area there. He is a guy that has moved around a lot, so he does have a lot of relationships with people all over the country. And my sort of larger take at this is, you know, I think we're seeing the next step in evolution of, of what Kirby Smart wants and what he wants from his his staff. You know, Mike Bobo gets hired as an analyst on Friday. Will Muschamp got hired last offseason and is now going to be the co-defensive coordinator to go, going forward. Mm-hmm. You have Brian McClendon, who also played on this team. You have Todd Hartley, who was a, a, a GA at Georgia and a graduate from the University of Georgia. Yeah. He is building out a staff, I think, that I, I think represents what I think we're going to see the trend be in college football going forward. You know, Miami hires Mario Cristobal. Sam Pittman yeah. hires uh, – Sam Pittman is hired at Arkansas. Guys that have that sort of home feeling and thus want to stay and want to coach at their institution there. And it's too early to say if whether or not I think Brian McClendon is an upgrade. We're going to have to see how he recruits and develops there. But I, I think there's a section of the fan base out there that wasn't exactly – upset to see Cortez Hankton leave to take the LSU job and he got a hefty raise to do so there but I think there's genuine excitement in who this next and what we're going to see from Brian McClendon in a job that he has already held once before Paul Moon in the comment section mentions also the success that McClendon had as a Georgia recruiter going back to his time when he's working with running backs there I mean this is a guy that has I would say pretty established credentials as a recruiter now has that how does that translate to Georgia for the 2023 class and Beyond that, we don't know that as of yet. But when he was working at South Carolina, look at some of the guys that were on that roster. You want to use wide receiver position in particular. I mean, a guy like Josh Van out of Tucker High School, that's the kind of speedy receiver, Connor, that Georgia just hasn't always had maybe as much of as you'd like for it to have. And that's a guy that, you know, because of McClendon, I say in large measure because of McClendon, he's playing there as opposed to playing at Georgia. Marshawn right. Lloyd's running back, I think we could have been interested in uh, too if you're a Georgia fan. And yeah, McClendon kind of helps you win right there as well. Right. And again, you know, he's a guy who he actually just got a wide receiver commitment yesterday at Miami. And and I'm going to be interested going forward. You know, obviously Mario Cristobal knows what he had in McClendon. That's why he brought him from Oregon Mm -hmm. to Miami. And the South Florida area is obviously an area in the past. Georgia has recruited very well. But since James Coley left the staff after the 2019 season, they haven't necessarily had the same presence down there. I wonder 
what McClendon is going to be able to do from Georgia in recruiting that state. We're hoping to get Jeff Sintel on here to help us further, you know, break down what it means from a recruiting standpoint. But I, I think the most interesting thing we're all looking at when it comes to Brian McClendon is just how well he's going to recruit. And you can look back at his time previously at Georgia and he was the recruiting coordinator here, has a ton of ties to the state from May's high school. So I, I do think that, again, you know, recruiting is so paramount and it shows how Kirby Smart wants to build this roster going forward. He doesn't want to do it through the transfer portal. He wants to do it through the tried and true recruiting process. And a guy like McClendon, I think, really symbolizes that. Kale Stone in the comment section says, I still think Georgia should have given Hines Ward a shot. I, I, I do want to talk about that in a moment because I think I have something pretty specific to say about that. Before that, though, let me address what Connor said, taking McClendon off the Miami staff. Connor, there's a degree to which college football fans, when these kinds of things happen, and I'm going to put myself in this category for a moment, we like the idea of aggression. We like the idea of the, the Niedermeyer line when they hired Jim Chaney a couple of years ago, the notion that Big Bank takes a uh, little bank, that, that, that there's a certain thing that college football fans like about big programs just kind of doing whatever they have to do, kicking in doors, whatever, to get the guy they need. And there is a little bit of a flex, I believe, about Georgia going into the Miami program and getting McClendon. Because remember – this is Chris Ball, you know, coming back to Miami. This is a guy who's supposed to be starting something pretty big there. Gosh knows there's a lot of swagger around Miami about all the NIL money they're supposedly going to be spending and throwing around. But they haven't exactly had the world's easiest time using that money to buy coaches so far because they still don't have an offensive coordinator. And you thought you had McLennan in place, yet Georgia swoops in and gets him as Jeff Sintel joins us. We'll get some thoughts from Jeff here in a moment. But let me just finish this point real quick before I do. Connor, I think it actually says something really strong about Georgia – that it's able to go and poach a guy off of Miami staff right away at a time in which Miami fans are hoping their program can establish some momentum under a new coach. Uh, that didn't scare Georgia away from going out and making this hire, which I think says something kind of nice. Right. It speaks to the stability that Kirby Smart has built here. And just let's look at it from that standpoint, you know, Mario Cristobal is going to be given the longest leash of any Miami coach because it has to work there for him. And McClendon saw that and, and knew that and understood it. That's why he followed him from Oregon to Miami. And he still makes the choice to come back to the University of Georgia and, and further his coaching career. I do think it is interesting. You bring up the fact that they don't have an offensive coordinator. McClendon has been an offensive coordinator before with Mill Muschamp at South Carolina, was the passing game coordinator there a season ago. I do wonder what sort of the path forward for McClendon looks yeah. like in terms of up, upward mobility, uh, because I do think that is something that is important to him. But mm -hmm. in just the vacuum of this being Georgia's wide receivers coach, it is significant that they're able to go into a program like Miami, which theoretically has a long runway in terms of getting up to what it wants to. And McClendon's still saying, no, I want to go back to the University of Georgia, a place that I have coached at before and a place that I have played at as well. Yeah, I think what you're saying actually also ties into the Heinz Ward conversation, too. So I want to have that coming up. But Jeff Sintel is with us now. Mike Griffith, I believe, has just arrived in Mobile, where he's there covering the Senior Bowl for Dog Nation. So I don't know that Mike's going to be able to join us during the show, but I'm sure he'll have plenty of thoughts he'll be sharing throughout the week here at Dog Nation. But he is about to be on hand, I believe, in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. So I'm sure we'll start hearing some stuff from him coming out of there on that. But, Jeff, let me just tee you up here because obviously your topic is recruiting. You've already tweeted about this. Uh, Brian McClendon has a history of being a successful recruiter at Georgia, at South Carolina, at other places that he's been. So can you start talking tangibly here for how you think the McClendon hire in this spot right now, how it, how it affects Georgia and its immediate future at recruiting the wide receiver position? Yeah, fellas, a, a happy Sunday afternoon. I, I think really what we're seeing here is a results business. I think Cortez Hankton, for all the good things he did for the University of Georgia, 
he, he basically finished second and third or fourth on all the big primo targets in the class of 2022. And knowing BMAC, uh, going back to 2014, 2015, 2016, those type of years he was at Georgia, he was always really good at getting into the mix there for the nation's elite receivers. His wide receiver evaluations were maybe a, bit, a little bit different than most. I know Georgia prioritized guys a lot higher than I remember. I remember the Kyle Davis story very well when Kyle Davis was the number one receiver in the country. And it seemed like Georgia uh, just really liked a different type of receiver or McClendon's evaluations were going to be off his own book and off his own grid. The other things that comes to my mind that I want folks to know about today is number one, got to be happy for, uh, for Warren McClendon, uh, he gets a chance to play for his family. Remember, he chose to to getting a heavy pressure from South Carolina when BMAC was still the offensive coordinator there. He chose Georgia. Obviously, looks like it was the best place for him and a, a great, great decision there. But you see the McClendons are going to be back together. But, Brandon, my bigger, larger point is simply this. you got to have something in this era of transfer portal where you can show the young men stability or you practice what you preach or you believe in what you're selling. And I think a lot of these recruits can see so many homegrowns on Georgia staffs and not just homegrowns but returnees, holdovers, comebacks on Georgia staff and can realize that, hey, all this stuff about the G and all this stuff about Georgia football, I think they have conviction behind what they're saying because this is a young man that uh, this is a young man that went to Georgia as a player and is now back there in a coach. Another thing I saw on social media that I want to bring to everybody's attention, quick tweet from Jake Gaines, who was a member of the Georgia football team during Brian McClendon's last year, and he tweeted out that there was no one more well-respected as a coach in the locker room on that staff than BMAC. I think that's really interesting. And, and so, Connor, let me tie this together. By the way, I did go get my uh, scarf. <laughs> a few folks in the comment section, including Chris White, reminded me that I was not wearing it. I did not wear it to church today. So I uh, <laughs> it's one of those things like I just got home from church and saw the you know, the buzz on the phone about the McLennan thing. I was like, let's see if we can get the band together and do a quick video. So I uh, I did not have the uh, scarf on for church today. But the point here is, is yeah, you hear a lot of the Heinz Ward talk, and here's what I believe. I do believe that Heinz Ward being a coach on the Georgia staff is a thing that we may one day see. I think for now, if you want to keep this comparison to just Brian McClendon or Heinz Ward, I personally believe that McClendon is a better hire because he has up till now done more of the kinds of things this wide receiver job is going to ask him to do. Now, Heinz Ward is on the staff at FAU. He's been a staffer for the New York Jets. He's taking this very serious. I'm also going to add – Terrence Edwards in this conversation there as well, who continues to do a lot of work along the path to also being a candidate for these kinds of jobs. So for a guy like Brian McClendon, who's clearly upwardly mobile, he's had a lot of nice job titles. He's been an interim head coach now a couple of different times. Um, You know, my guess is he's like a lot of the coaches that Georgia hires, Connor, the kind of guy that's probably not going to be here for a hundred years. He's looking to get a big job and a next job, and he's looking to move on and do that. So it would not surprise me at all after a little more experience, a little more time, and someone like Heinz Ward's for sure, maybe even a Terrence Edwards there as well, they do become more more considered candidates the next time around when maybe the Georgia wide receiver spot's in a little bit better position than it has been these last couple of years. And and maybe maybe McClendon can help nurture that job to that point in time that that the next time we're all sitting here talking talking about a wide receiver coaching hire at Georgia, maybe we are mentioning names like Ward more prominently because he certainly seems to be on a pretty serious trek towards getting consideration for these kinds of jobs in the future. 
Right. I, I think with just one year of coaching at FAU under his belt, it was going to be a tough swing, I think, for Heinz Ward to get this job. It, just given what I think is really needed from this, this was, a, I think, a position where you're going to need to go out and hire a veteran sort of presence there because it, it's a room that, frankly, I do think needs some work in terms mm-hmm. of upgrading its talent, at least on an annual basis. I'm not saying you have to sign three top 100 guys in every class, but can you at least get one true sort of alpha guy that can possibly come in and contribute right away? And I'll be really interested because, you know, as much as I think recruiting had taken a small step back under Cortez Hankton, in each of the last two years, they've had a freshman receiver come in and get 400 yards of receiving. And so I do think that uh, Hankton did do a good job of identifying and, and developing and getting young guys ready to play for all the excuses we've heard from Alabama. Oh, Bryce Young was throwing to freshman receivers. Georgia's last two touchdown catches in the national championship game were both caught by freshmen. So I I think how Brian goes about getting this group of Georgia wide receivers up and ready to go, I I think is going to be really interesting, especially early on, because I think we all agree as talented as this defense, I think still will be next year. It's just naturally going to take a step back when you lose all that top end talent. And I at least think early on, they're going to need this offense to do more than it did during the 2021 season. Uh, Alan McGovern in the comments section mentions Terrence Edwards on Thursday talking about Brian McClendon for this job, feeling like that might be the way this is heading. And, you know, Edwards, who made no bones but the fact that he'd love to get consideration for it, Ward in the past has said that there as well. But Edwards, you know, also said openly how much he would be rooting for Brian McClendon if he was the guy that got this job. And now that's the position that he's in. Alan brings up a good point on that. Jeff, let me ask you what other folks are also bringing up there as well. And McClendon's a pretty well-established recruiter, I would say. His history suggests that. What kind of on-field coach do you think he's going to be? Because Connor points this out accurately. That's one thing that Hankton probably was very good at, you know, getting more out of A.D. Mitchell than some people probably thought would have been possible, at least this soon in his career. And for guys like Ladd McConkey, much the same way. What kind of on-field coach do you think Brian McClendon will be? Well, you've got a guy, Brian, that's played in the SEC, that came up through uh, the ranks in Georgia. He's recruited the, the Atlanta metro area very well. He's recruited the running back position for Georgia. I think he's, I think the skill set here is I think this will be, at, at, the very, at the very least, an upgrade for Georgia in terms of the on, on-field coaching ability at wide receiver. Um, you know, McClendon's also been a coordinator at, 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 you know, big boy jobs like Oregon, big boy jobs like, you know, South, South Carolina as well. So I, I think the thing with, with BMAC, and like, this is what I, I keep coming back to, is that he's going to be judged by his results. And I think Georgia kind of got lucky by looking through the weeds and finding some diamonds in the Lad McConkeys and A.D. Mitchells over the last couple of years. And I don't know if the evaluation for finding them, the credit for that goes solely to Cortez Hankton on that. I just know that uh, Brian McClendon is going to be able to get in the room with a lot of these five-star guys. That, and let's face it, we, we've talked about this a lot on our channels. The one thing I think this Georgia class, in my mind, doesn't have that makes it, you know, the stick your chest out, slam dunk, best recruiting, most all-around best recruiting class of Kirby's career at Georgia, which I still think it is. But the one thing that keeps it close to other cycles is there's not a true game breaker, one of those guys that steps on the field and everybody goes, shh, 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 yeah, And then he goes and catches three touchdowns in about six minutes against the best players in the country. I think that's what this class is lacking. And I think BMAC's charge in Athens will be to get those guys. And you know what? Then you don't have to find somebody laying in the weeds. You don't have to find somebody that overachieves and excels. That's the guy that has been called a dude all of his life that the best, con- the best corners in the country can't stop. So, Connor, along those lines, what Jeff just said, this is why this hire, I believe, was too important 
in the case of Heinz Ward, to leave it to somebody who hadn't coached at this level. Yeah. Um, you know, you can go hire and a guy like Scott Cochran maybe a year ago to be a special teams coordinator with no previous coaching experience at that level because I just don't think it's, it's nearly as crucial a decision. But the wide receiver position has grown in importance in college football. It's the one position group at Georgia that probably lags behind the others. Let's just be honest. Let's just be fair. Georgia needed a sure thing at wide receiver coach. It needs someone who's plug and play, for lack of a better phrase. And as a coach, Brian McClendon, I believe, is about as plug and play as, as you get. Most programs wouldn't even be able to hire this guy because he just got another job. But because it is his alma mater, because Georgia is as resourced as it is, it can go and flex and, and do this. This is the kind of thing you do when you need a position group to succeed. You don't mess around with anything less than a sure thing. And I think McClendon's pretty close to a sure thing. Yeah, it's it shades of, and obviously it went down a little bit differently. It, it shades, in my opinion, of the Todd Munkin to uh, James Coley switch that we saw in the 2020 offseason, where, and, and again, you know, Hankton obviously leaves for LSU on his own volition. I, I do think, you know, it was pretty obvious Georgia needed an upgrade of what it was getting at the wide receiver position, and it goes out and gets a guy that, let's be frank, is probably overqualified to just be a wide receivers coach. He's mm-hmm. going to end up getting, I believe, the passing game coordinator tag that, that Cortez Hankton held uh, previously there, but a guy who is very clearly going to be able to upgrade this room. And, and from that point, you wonder, you know, you know, yes, he's a Georgia guy, and I do think there's some appeal to that, at least from a recruiting standpoint. But make no mistake about it, this is a job where Brian McLennan, I think, sees upward mobility as his goal. And you've seen Georgia coaches get hired off elsewhere. And Hankton, as an example, saw a significant pay raise to go back home to LSU and is going to have a very important role on that staff there as well. So I, I think, you know, McLennan sort of saw that Georgia's becoming a finishing school. You've seen Sam Pittman go be a head coach. You've seen Dan mm-hmm. Lanning rise up through the ranks from an outside linebackers coach to going becoming a head coach. I think McLennan is going to follow a similar path there where he's going to probably be around here for three, four, maybe five years if you're lucky. But by the end of this, Brian McLennan is probably going to turn this, this gig into a power five head coaching job. And I think that is a much quicker path at Georgia than it is in Miami at this point in time. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point. Uh, Jeff, I saw your hand up. We'll let you uh, jump in here, then we'll get ready to finish off with some final thoughts. Jeff, what you think? Hey, raise your hand if you think a BMAC salary is going to be higher than 550000 uh, yeah, I think so probably as well, yeah. Yeah, my and, guess is. And so, like, this is really, like, I keep saying it, and everybody's getting it right, and they're nailing it. I think Heinz Ward would have been great at Georgia. I think Terrence Edwards would have been TE wide receiver Academy would have been terrific at Georgia, but if this is certainly a resume job and just put the resumes on Kirby's desk and remember he played at Georgia, he's coached at Georgia, he's woven into the tapestry of the state in terms of recruiting. This is the one that hit closest to the pin. If he's firing the flag on a, on a par three, and this is what BMAC is for Georgia. All right, let's do two things and we'll go unless somebody else needs to bring up something that I haven't thought of yet. There's this lingering thing in the comment section has brought this up, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who brought this up individually, but you know the Todd Munkin thing does not seem to have died down in terms of uh, – that's because the NFL season hasn't come to a close yet – that he could still be on the radar for NFL job, play-calling job, something along those lines, which would be a good thing for him, but obviously a loss for Georgia. Connor, how seriously do you still take this, the notion that we're not even really to the hiring season yet for the NFL and that Munkin's uh, – a candidate there for those kinds of jobs. 
Yeah, so I, I obviously follow this stuff very closely. In fact, right as we go on the air, it's announced that the Raiders are hiring Josh McDaniels as their head coach there. And if you're someone that wants to see Todd Munkin remain at Georgia, you want to see as many, I think, offensive-minded coaches hired for yeah. those head coaching jobs Good point. as possible here because that's what that's going to do is that is going to sort of say it. I think we may lost it. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it sounds like we lost some sound. I, I'm hearing you fine, but it sounds like the uh, the commenters saying no sound. Y'all hold on just one second because I'm hearing you uh, perfect, but it sounds like they're not. Y'all hold on one second. So they can so hear can, me. But they can you hear, hear me? Um, Everybody? Connor's just really revealing the secrets of the world right now. That's yeah, honestly, like I wish y'all could hear Connor because yeah, he said some very good. Like he's running through all the NFL jobs and who's going where and who's doing what. Uh, he says, "Oh, they they uh, they can hear me." Uh, they said, "Connor, talk again. See if they can hear you." We may just we should, if we just got off the air two minutes ago, this has been perfect. Now they say they can't hear you, uh, but Connor's making a, a great point. Um, but Connor, I guess if you want to just uh, sum that up really quickly, especially the point about the more NFL offensive-minded head coaches get hired, a la Josh McDaniels. The less chance there is, and I hate to be selfish like this, but the less chance there is that Todd Munkin maybe follows behind one of them. Yeah, so I, I think that's the sort of thing to watch going forward is which of these head coaching jobs come open and which guys are filled by sort of offensive-minded minded guys. You know, Josh McDaniels going to Oakland I think is a good thing because if they had, say, hired a defensive coordinator there, you have the chance to work with Derek Carr. That, to me, sounds like an appealing scenario for Todd Munkin there because I, I do think ultimately he wants to be, a, I think, a head coach at the college level. I think that's why all those years ago he left Southern Miss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so if he gets a spot that, you know, the right job comes open there with him having a chance to really develop going forward. I do think that's something he'd consider leaving for. But, you know, a, a lower-end job, so to speak, in terms of stability and what they might have there going forward, I don't think would appeal to Todd Munkin because he's either going to get a big pay raise to be the offensive coordinator at Georgia again next season or he's going to have his cush situation at the NFL. So, Jeff, I guess honesty compels me to admit, too, and we'll get ready to wrap up after this. You know, I think McLennan's a really big-time hire for Georgia. I mean, I think this is a very big-time hire. But, you know, he was passing game coordinator by title at Oregon last year. The passing game for Oregon's pretty bad a year ago. I mean, you know, you know some of the on-field stuff at South Carolina with his influence in the offense there, that wasn't admittedly, you know, smashing success either. That doesn't really scare me off McLennan here because I think the job he's going to be asked to do at Georgia is something completely different from that. But – how much do you read into the fact that, you know, the Oregon offense wasn't very good last year and, you know, you know, whatever influence he may have had on that, is that the kind of thing that you think Georgia fans should pause to consider at all? I, I don't, I don't think it's one of those things that everybody starts looking at passing efficiency numbers and everything like that. I don't think that's one of those things for folks to worry about. Remember, didn't he have Justin Herbert uh, in the 2020, 2020 season at Oregon as well when he was, um, he was still at South Carolina then, right? <laughs> Yeah, he, he never coached yeah, Justin correct. Herbert. That's correct. His first year was uh, his first year was this past season at Oregon. Um, you know, I just remember the type of receivers that BMAC was able to bring into Georgia while he was the wide receivers coach. And I just remember, uh, I, I think with Georgia, I think the safety valve or the kind of the the thing to be very clear on is I think it would be Todd Munkin calling the plays and it'd be Todd Munkin's offense. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't think you're going to need to look too deep in the weeds for how well uh, McClendon's offense has performed at his last two stations. 
So I was not knowing that Griff was going to be able to be with us, but I'm glad he is. Mike, are you in Mobile right now? Yeah, I just got here, B.A. So uh, I'm, we'll get a final thought from you on that in a moment, but uh, we've had a chance to kind of chop this up a little bit. We have not heard from you on it yet. Brian McClendon hired as Georgia wide receivers coach. What do you think this means for the dogs? You know, it's interesting. I, I guess I kind of, you know, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians thing. I mean, these are a lot of guys that have had high-profile positions that have that have been in charge. I heard Jeff say a minute ago, uh, you know, not to look too hard at, at BMAC's play calling because Munkin's still in charge. But, you know, with the addition of Bobo, I guess I wonder what his role and, and how involved he's going to be. It certainly is exciting for the fans, I think, probably to have a lot of former players and former coaches on staff. In practice, I just kind of wonder how the hierarchy shakes out and, you know, how does everybody get along? I mean, I mean, these are all Kirby guys. Where does, you know, is Todd Munkin still completely in charge or all these guys going to fall in line and do what Munkin wants? I, I would think so. I mean, I think Munkin's your, your, uh, your key to Arch Manning recruitment, so I don't think Kirby wants him going anywhere. Um, so I, I just, to me, the, where my mind goes is, you know, how does this staff interact and how does everybody flow? Because we're talking about different people, um, you know, from different time eras at UGA. Yeah, I mean, I think, go ahead, Jeff. Connor, I, I, you know, I jumped on five minutes in. I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure if you mentioned Josh Van, but that was a guy mm-hmm. that, uh, listen, how, how good would Georgia's offense been the last two years with Josh Van? That was a guy, you know, you want to talk about what South Carolina has and doesn't have and what BMAC didn't do on the field and did do on the field at South Carolina. Well, that was a straight-up win, I think, head-to-head where uh, South Carolina took away Josh Van from Georgia. It's those type of players, not just the wide receiver spot, I mean, BMAC really knows the, the city of Atlanta very well, so much that he can win head-to-heads with Georgia's staff for a lot of players. And I, I think really everything at Georgia is driven by recruiting, especially in terms of player personnel. And when you get BMAC, you have the ability, let's face it, you're going to bring in better players at the wide receiver position than you have in previous years with Brian McClendon. And I think that's what everyone's searching for. Yeah, Mike, I think that kind of what it uh, centers back on for me is, is that McClendon's the kind of guy – it does have a track record at various spots of getting some real recruiting wins. And for those who want to see the level of recruiting at the wide receiver spot match the level of recruiting that's existed, some of the other you know position groups around UGA, you know, this seems to be the kind of guy that has a resume that suggests that is a strong possibility. Well, that that'll help because obviously the you know the concerns we've heard is you know just over the volume of the pass offense and how attractive is the offense and certainly having a coach that, that can coach him up and, and help get you to the league and recognize the talent. I still think at the end of the day, uh, there's probably some hurdles, uh, you know, with some questions about the offense. I mean, I, I think that players go where they feel they're going to fit and they're going to be able to contribute, you know, and, you know, it kind of cycles back to the whole Jermaine Burton thing. Why didn't he stick around? Because he didn't think he'd have enough catches. Well, I, I think that the style of offense is going to have a lot to do with it. But I also think that what Jeff just said about having someone that has great relationships uh, in Atlanta, somebody who has a proven track record for landing great receivers is big. I, I didn't think George Pickens was a bad recruit. I didn't think Jermaine Burton was a bad recruit. I didn't think Dominic Blaylock was a bad recruit. I don't think George has had problems getting good receivers in there um, in the past. I, you know, these guys look pretty good to me. Ladd McConkey looks like a pretty great find to me right now. And, you know, um, you know, so does, you know, so does AD. So I guess, I mean, it's a positive. Again, I know fans like former players. You, you wonder, is this a long haul hire? 
is this the kind of guy that Kirby can keep on his staff for, you know, four to five years? Is this somebody who wants to stay at Georgia and, and eventually become the offensive coordinator? Or, you know, is this a one or a two year stop until he gets his next coordinator job? So I've got a lot of questions. I mean, it's an exciting hire. It's probably a best case situation because you had to hire a proven recruiter, somebody with Georgia ties. So I think it's as good a situation as you can get. But I guess my mind, just like I said, goes into how does the hierarchy work? What does the offense look like? And, you know, what is the future for this staff? Is this a, a staff like Clemson had that can stay together for many years and offer that continuity and pay competitively enough to keep all these all-star coaches on one? I think we may have dropped off with Mike there, but we're getting ready to wrap up anyway. So there'll be plenty to come on this in the days to come. Obviously, Dog Nation Day tomorrow, dognation.com there as well. Connor, Jeff, final thought from either of you before we let folks get back to their Sunday and get ready to watch some conference title games? Jeff, go ahead. Uh, I would say, uh, first of all, folks, Brandon's not wearing an Oregon shirt. I've seen that comment a couple of times on the screen. This is my church shirt. Uh, This is my church shirt. Uh, It's not Um, not Oregon. Impressive upgrade. Georgia got better today. I think I I put on social media as soon as it dropped is I think Georgia's wide receiver room will – the best recruits in the country will be kinder to Georgia's wide receiver room in 2023. I can see them landing one of those big names that that have a, has eluded the program the last couple of years. But, you know, when you look at things, I, I don't even know what a wide receiver is anymore in Georgia's offense. I see the way they're – what they're doing with Brock Bowers. He shows up in basically a slot wide, rec- wide receiver spot or at least taking the spot that would be a slot right, wide receiver in some sets away and to great benefit to Georgia, whatever. But I think what George is doing with both tight ends and wide receivers, see the recruitment of Pierce Sperling, the, uh, the third as well. I mean, what they're doing is they're kind of blurring the lines about what a receiver is yeah. and what a receiver is not anymore. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting, the personnel people packages that they're going to start going to bring in at Georgia now. Anything else before we go, Connor? Yeah, one, uh, I did see a comment I mentioned earlier this. Uh, Will Muschamp has now, I, I think, asserted a lot of, I, I don't want to say sway, but his influence is definitely being felt on the staff with the addition of McClendon yeah. here. I think that that relationship was very key in, in all of this. And to Jeff's larger point there, you know, I, I think given what this wide receiver room both needed, but also what was really in terms of being available in terms of openings on the staff and creative creative input that is available. This is probably about as well as Georgia could have done in terms of getting a no name, a, a, a pretty sure hire in terms of what you're going to be getting there. And Jeff mentions recruiting there as well. And, and McClendon's ties to the state of, of Georgia and Atlanta specifically, you know, in an age for transfer portal where I do think you're going to maybe see more guys transfer back home. McClendon having those sort of Atlanta roots and areas around Georgia, I think is only going to help Georgia, not just with wide receivers, but with other positions as well. All right, great stuff. We're going to leave it there for right now. Dognation.com, the place to go to read more. I'll see you tomorrow, Dog Nation Daily. Obviously, throughout the week there, Dognation.com too. Thanks for great comments and checking in here for a moment. Brian McClendon is your wide receivers coach there at Georgia. One of the offseason questions for the dogs now has an answer. We'll look forward to talking to you again.